You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. We live in a fitness-obsessed world, don't we? Everything is about getting fit, losing weight, looking good, getting the beach bod, living your best life now. Oh, that's probably a Christian bookstore, actually. I don't know. The list could go on and on and on. And, you know, physical fitness is something that is important. You know, you think about all the, all the psychological benefits that we know from, you know, modern medicine and psychologist studies show that physical exercise is good for you. Because if you exercise, you keep active, you're going to feel better. Your mental health will be better. And the Bible says that it's important as well. It says about how keeping in shape honours God, keeping in shape physically actually honours God. But whilst physical fitness is of some importance, Scripture is clear that physical fitness is not the most important thing. Spiritual fitness is actually the most important thing. And when we think about spiritual fitness, what am I, what am I kind of talking about? For me, spiritual fitness is about that intimacy with Jesus, being close to God, being in deep relationship with him, and having that relationship that's not only a, like a, a service thing of like, oh, I do all these things for God, but it's a, it's a reciprocal thing. I'm spending time with God. I am being changed. I'm growing, and I'm looking more like Jesus. Because the thing with spiritual fitness is if we're spiritually fit, not only is God going to get glorified, not only is it going to be good for us as people because we'll be close to Jesus, but it'll actually be really good for the gospel as well because all of a sudden we are people who are shining and radiating with the love of Christ. So that those all around us, whether they're our neighbours, whether they're our work colleagues, whether they're our family as well, poor Laura, sleep deprived like me, you know, they will see that we've been with Jesus and they'll see, they'll benefit from our spiritual fitness. And whilst, you know, it's not, it's not like an excuse to not stay physically fit, is it? But it's an encouragement to prioritise your spiritual health above every other worthwhile health and wellness pursuit. Because you can have the biggest guns and you won't necessarily be close with Jesus. You could have the perfect beach bod ready to, like Brett, you know, running down the beach, looking good. But, you know, if you're not close to Jesus, ultimately we've missed what life is truly all about, haven't we? And Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, with this encouragement, which is, is just as valuable for us today as followers of Jesus today. It's in 1 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. This is what Paul says. He says, train yourself for godless, godliness. Godlessness? No. Godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Looking at the pre-season of the footy going on right now, any athlete, any of the AFL players will tell you, getting fit doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes incredible faithfulness in the mundane day-to-day training. And in a sense, the same is true for us when it comes to growing in godliness. We won't magically one day wake up and look like Jesus, will we? We won't magically kind of grow in godliness. We won't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm pretty well as good as Jesus now. I'm done. And if you do, you're deceived. So, <laughs> yeah. 
We need to work with God. We need to join with God who sovereignly and continually grows us. God sovereignly and continually grows us by Holy Spirit's power in godliness as we commit to the training program. God's always wanting us to take us on this journey of continual spiritual maturity, and he wants to work with us in this process. But sometimes, maybe this has only been me over the years, but sometimes we really hamper God's efforts because we don't actually come to the party. Sometimes we don't work with God in his training regime. This is my bike. Do you like it? It's pretty, isn't it? You know, sometimes, sometimes our, on our spiritual journey, we're pretty good at, if anyone has one of these bikes, you know they're the ones that you press back and you lock on the brakes, don't you? That's about all we know. That's all you need to know for this. You know, sometimes we go along in life and we're good at kind of putting the brakes on in, on our spiritual growth, aren't we? Sometimes as much as we want, for whatever reason, maybe it's just insecurity, maybe it's lack of energy, maybe it's sleep deprivation from having young kids. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we're just good at kind of putting, putting the pedal back and we can't actually progress like we would want to. And the thing is, when we're not joining, the ideal is that we join with God, that we've got one and God's on the other, and that we're joining together, pedaling side by side, working on the process of growing in godliness. That's, that's the ideal, that we would work together, side by side, God doing his part and us joining with him in that process. Because if we do, if we commit to the training program and get off the brakes and pedal actually in step with God, working with him, we'll be able to grow in godliness. We'll actually train ourselves for godliness. So today I want to get a bit practical and I want to share four training techniques, four training techniques that we can engage in to train ourselves. And hear me here, this is not, this is not um, moralism because it's not actually... If, if we just try and do this by ourselves without God, we'll crash and we won't actually succeed. We'll run off hill, we'll crash the bike, it won't work. But the ideal is, and the way to life itself, is to be in step with Holy Spirit, pedaling each step of the way with God, growing in godliness. So with God's help, we can train ourselves for godliness so that we can be spiritually fit in this life and so that we can look forward to, with, with assurance, with assurance, enjoying life with God in heaven one day too. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that, that your heart is to continually refine us and make us more like you. What a, beautiful, what a beautiful truth that is. What a remarkable gift that is, Jesus. Lord, your desire is to not leave us where we are, but to see us grow and become more mature in your likeness and reflect you more and love like you and show grace to others like you and generally, Lord, just to shine you throughout every aspect of our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you don't expect us to do that alone. But, Lord, you do ask us to join you in your training program so that we can grow in godliness and reflect you well and honour you and show other people what it is to be a follower of Jesus and help other people to encounter you ultimately through the way we live our lives. So, God, would you, would you speak to us this morning as you 
unpack as we share some of these keys to growing in godliness, some exercises that we can engage in. And we pray, Lord, that we would, we would open our hearts and be willing to work with you in this process for your glory, for our good, and so that the gospel might be spread. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, first exercise. We train ourselves for godliness by keeping in step with other believers. You know, like any athlete who it's really hard being a solo, in a solo sport. You know, the ultra marathon runners, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those guys, but some of these guys are crazy enough to run 50Ks solo by themselves. I can tell you from running 10Ks and half a marathon, it's hard enough running that length of distance alone, let alone consistently running races of like 50Ks or even more Ks than that. It's really hard to keep up a program when you're training alone. And like an athlete who knows how difficult it is to keep it up and to keep growing when they're alone, we struggle to grow in godliness when we're socially isolated, when we are removed from Christian community. And the letter to the Hebrews brings this truth home pretty straight for us. You know, Hebrews in chapter 3, 12 to 14, this is, this is what it says. It says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Wow, that's interesting. Fall away. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So there you go. See how the writer of Hebrews speaks of Christian community as being a safeguard in our growth in godliness. That exhorting one another every day implies that there's community, doesn't it? You can't exhort one another if you're alone. Exhorting one another every day implies community with other believers. And the writer is saying that this is actually a safeguard against falling away from relationship with God. Isn't that great? That's a real encouragement. If we want to grow in godliness, here's, here's what, what I kind of draw out of it. If we really are genuine about wanting to grow in Jesus' likeness, we need to be active members in Christian community. We can't, there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. I've said that before. I'm sure you've heard others say it before, but it's so true. We, we can't do the Christian walk alone. And ultimately, not only are we missing out if we try and do the Christian walk alone, but everyone else is missing out if we try and do the Christian walk alone too. You know, Sundays, Sundays are great. Sundays are good. I, I love Sundays. I believe getting together with other believers on a Sunday is really beneficial for our spiritual growth and for the spiritual growth of others as well. After all, this is one way where we can all get together and encourage one another and exhort one another to continue to press on in faith, isn't it? It's, it's one way that we do that. But Sundays is only one day of the week. Sundays is only one day of the week. Six other days in the week. Six other days provide an opportunity for us to gather together in different forms of Christian community, to exhort one another so that we continue to walk with Jesus and grow in godliness. You know, that, that could be anything, really. It doesn't have, when you think of what that could look like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a church activity. It could be anywhere where people are gathered. It could be down in the, the futsal club where you and a few other Christians have kids playing soccer there on a Saturday morning and, and you are the church, wherever you are, 
and you have influence wherever you are. And so as you meet with other people, in a real sense, you are bringing Jesus into that space. That could be a form of that where you could encourage one another and even others who don't know Jesus. Could be in a connect group. We are going to be really pressing into connect groups this year and we'd love to see everyone in an active member in a connect group midweek because that, that really is, that's where, that's where we get opportunity to really dig deep together, to really journey through life with other believers and that is a really good thing as well. And of course, where, whatever sphere of work you have or parenting kids or whatever, all of these can be places, obviously, where we can grow in godliness as we encourage one another and spur one another on to grow in Jesus. Later on in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25, the writer kind of continues this line of encouragement when he writes, and let us consider how to stir one another up, stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What do you think? I reckon it's probably something that would be a habit in our times too, wouldn't it? It's easy to fall in the habit of not meeting together, of neglecting to meet together. And in many ways, coming out of COVID, it's been a pretty easy habit to fall into because we've, we've got out of our normal routines. We've, we haven't necessarily been, been able to do the things that we would normally want to do. And then, like for all of us, we've filled our time with other things and before too long, some of those things that were the, the first fruits or the first things that we'd want to invest our time in have kind of dropped down the pecking order from time to time. And, you know, COVID lockdowns have been really tough for that, haven't they? They've been really tough for getting together as a church community. But praise God for Zoom and online services because we were still able to... Who would have thought anyone would have ever said, praise God for Zoom <laughs> and online services? But they've... That was really good. That was a way of keeping together. But there's nothing like being face-to-face with other human beings, is there? Jesus knew that. That's what he did. He prioritised so much face-to-face time. There's nothing quite like it. And this kind of habit, Scripture says, as it says there, it's, it's detrimental to our faith walk and one that hinders our growth in godliness. And none of us, none of us listening, none of us here, none of us listening, none of us want that, do we? None of us want to be hindered in our spiritual growth. So I want to encourage if, if you're not already, to get active, to get active, to re-engage with church community in whatever shape or form that looks like for you. Maybe for some of us, we've, we've been wanting to get back into a connect group, but for whatever reason, haven't really prioritised that right now. Just go for it. Give me a call. Chat with one of the other elders. We'd love to link you in to Christian community. You need community. We all need community. But the thing with, the beautiful thing with community is God has so formed the church that something's missing if you're not a part of the community. People miss out if you aren't there, just like you miss out if they're not there. We are good and we're whole and we're reflective of the beautiful diversity of the body of Christ when we are all ragamuffins with different backgrounds, different preferences, all of that sort of thing when we are gathered together as the church. It's a truly beautiful thing. And... Maybe, maybe you're here, maybe you're listening, you, maybe you feel a little bit isolated and, you, and you're not at this point a Christian. Well, I want, you to, I want you to know this today. God has a place in Christian community for you. God has a place in Christian community for you. He wants you to experience a sense of belonging. He wants you to experience a sense of purpose that only comes 
that it only comes through having relationship with other members of his family. You know, thing, relationships outside of the church are great, but the deepest, richest relationships are those where Jesus is celebrated. And when we are with other believers, other people who love Jesus, that is the best place for any of us to possibly be. So if that's you today, if, if you're feeling a bit isolated, if, if you haven't yet chosen to follow Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, I want to encourage you to place your faith in him today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, which basically means any day is a good day to come to Jesus. He's ready and waiting with open arms to receive you. And he wants to welcome you into his family to enjoy a relationship with him and with others too. So if that's you today, open your heart to him. And if you want to know more about Jesus, I'd love to pray with you and chat with you after the service as well. You know, all of us benefit so much from being in Christian community and we train ourselves and we will grow in godliness when we keep in relationship with other believers. So that's the first. And here's the second. We train ourselves for godliness by singing. <laughs> I know some of you, you hate singing. That's okay. <laughs> not looking at anyone up in the sound desk. Not all of you like singing, but that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Scripture actually says that singing is a training method that helps us to grow in godliness. Did you know that? Paul in Colossians 3.16 writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, doing what? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, this is one of the reasons why we sing together as a church community. Because not only is singing a vertical thing of offering our praise and worship up to God, it's also a communal thing where we're actually teaching one another as we sing theological and remind ourselves of theological truths, we're actually, we're actually doing exactly what that says. We're teaching and admonishing one another. We're all, as we sing, as we joyfully sing, as Clarissa was encouraging us to do today, as we all do that, whether we like singing or not, we're actually blessing one another. We're admonishing one another. We're helping one another to grow in godliness. And that is a wonderful thing. Singing really is. It's a powerful training technique that helps us to grow. Notice, though, what the kind of singing Paul is encouraging us in. Unfortunately for my seven-year-old daughter, just turned seven today, it's not singing our favourite pop song or not singing Disney princess number. It's a shame. But psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Man, if... If, if it was singing the Disney princess songs over and over, Anna would be like the godliest member of this church, I reckon. <laughs> Seriously, she absolutely loves those Spotify Disney princess on the way to school. I don't share her enthusiasm, but I sing because she loves it. You know, psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. That's what Paul is encouraging us to. Songs that celebrate, songs that cherish the wonderful God we serve and the wonderful life of godliness that he calls us to live, they're the kind of things that we're encouraged to sing. And when we sing like that, when we sing these songs, when we don't sort of hold back and, you know, Margaret Phillips from hearing at her funeral on Friday, a beautiful member of our church community, her family knew that she couldn't sing in tune, but she just loved to sing. She loved to sing, and she'd be singing here in the front row, 10,000 Reasons, and she'd be in some other not-even-discovered key, and we'd all be over here, but it didn't matter because she, she loved Jesus, and she was encouraging others as she was singing those spiritual songs. 
She was, grow- she was helping us through her off-key singing to all grow in godliness as we're reminding ourselves of the 10,000 reasons we have and more to worship our King. You know, listening to that kind of music, those spiritual songs, psalms, has had a powerful effect personally on me. I mean, I find, and I do it quite a lot, actually, I sing along with the spiritual songs, as Paul puts it, and I find that when I do this, a beautiful thing happens. My mind suddenly goes from being concerned with all these earthly, temporary things to all of a sudden thinking on things above. And as Paul says, only a few scriptures before this passage in Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Do what? Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I find that all of a sudden when I do this, when I'm faithful, even if it is just for five minutes after I've sung along with Elsa for 50 minutes, no, not quite, half an hour, even if it's only the five minutes that I get to do that, I find my, my mind suddenly filling with wonders of God. I find my mind suddenly getting consumed, not with the, the everyday, but the, the extraordinary God whom we serve. And then the flow on from that is as my thoughts are consumed with the things above and not on earthly things, I find that more naturally and spirit-led as well, my life better reflects Jesus. And I more naturally want to share God's love with people and through my thoughts and actions to others. It's a beautiful thing of a process of godliness, growing in godliness, isn't it? When we joyfully sing God's praises, we engage with and reflect on powerful spiritual truths that work in our hearts that shape, challenge, and grow us. That's the beautiful thing about what, and that's one of the reasons we sing most Sundays. And the natural result of this exercise is that we join with God and train ourselves for godliness and we grow in godliness. So that's the second. You with me? So relationship with other believers, singing, not Elsa, but spiritual songs. And the third, we train ourselves for godliness by praying. There truly is, and I'll harp on about this till the cows come home or until Jesus returns, there is nothing like connecting relationally with God. We all know that to be true, don't we? If, if any of us have ever had an encounter with Jesus by Holy Spirit's power, you will know that there is nothing like that sense of being close to Jesus and connecting with him. Amen? Is anyone with me? There's nothing like having that and enjoying that ongoing conversation with him. And there's really, prayer is the best exercise that we could engage in and joyfully engage in if we want to grow in godliness. Paul encourages us in Colossians 4, verse 2, to devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. When we devote ourselves to prayer, when we devote ourselves to talking with God, to soaking in his presence, to simply just waiting on him and inviting him to have his way in our lives and in the world, and as we enjoy that beautiful, intimate relationship with him, naturally, it rubs off on us. God's godliness rubs off on us. You know the passage from 1 Corinthians 15.33? It says, bad company corrupts good character. Well, the reverse is true when it comes to God. Good company promotes good character. Or godly company promotes godly character. 
And we enjoy good company. We enjoy God's company when we connect with him relationally. And we connect with him relationally through prayer, through spending time with him, through sitting at his feet and enjoying him. And as we spend time with God, the perfect one, naturally, his character, his priorities, his ways are going to rub off on us. Anything that doesn't please him in our lives is going to be lovingly pointed out and worked on by him and us when we get off the brakes and pedal forward. His attributes and priorities will be divinely imparted into our hearts as we take time to sit at his feet and learn from him. We will grow in good character as we relationally connect with our almighty God, who is altogether good. Good company promotes good character. And when we commit to joyfully engaging with this training exercise, we will train ourselves for godliness. So praying's the third, and here's the fourth. We train ourselves for godliness by reading. Just like when it comes to singing, what we choose to consume is key. The best thing we could ever read, the best thing we could ever feast on is God's word, the Bible. Who's enjoying doing the Lent devotional at the moment? Yeah, it's, we've been doing a Lent devotional as a church. It's, it's been really good. And there's something about God's word, isn't there? There is something truly about God's word because it's such a gift to us. It is truth. And it's such a blessing to have that sitting there right in front of us to, to joyfully engage with. And Paul uses an interesting analogy in 1 Peter 2 to describe just how much we are to desire God's word. Paul says that we're actually to desire God's word like a newborn baby desires milk. 1 Peter 2.2 Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Anyone here who has ever spent any time with a newborn, you would know the degree to which newborns crave milk. Yeah? They don't kind of want milk. They don't want milk at some point in the future when you're ready to give them that milk. The moment they wake up, normally, maybe on a really good day, it might be a few minutes later, but the moment they wake up, the moment those eyes just go, they want milk and they really let you know about it. Judah, our son, he's six months now, but he well and truly lets us know when he wants his milk. (laughs) It's easy to tell when he's really craving milk because he wakes up and there's none of that cute kind of gooing and garring and, oh, aren't you so cute? It's just, there's just loud screaming and, and the tears. Give me the milk now! You imagine that's what he's actually thinking at that point. You know, Paul challenges us. Paul is actually urging us to to desire God's word like that. That kind of, as as we wake, like a child wakes and wants milk straight away. That's what what Paul's encouraging us to. That's what Paul's, Paul's pointing us to. Desire God's word like that. Paul's challenging us to grow up in our salvation by craving the pure spiritual logos, the word of God. Because when we engage in a deep way with God's word, not, not like a, just a, a little devotion or something like that, but sitting with Holy Spirit and, and reading a, a passage, maybe a chapter or two, whatever you know, you've got time to do. As we, as we read and as we read with Holy Spirit and ask him to speak to us through the Bible, guess what? We're going to grow in godliness. It's one of the 
one of the easiest ways for us to grow. No question at all. When we take the time to, to read um, and drink of God's spiritual milk, I guess, we position ourselves to actually hear God. We position ourselves to hear God speak to us through his word and also to have our hearts changed by Holy Spirit as we're just captured by his word, as, it, as we mull it over in our brains, as God allows it to sink down deep within our hearts and take root. When this happens, when this happens, we grow in godliness. We're, we join with God in training ourselves for godliness. And what's the end result of all this training? You know, sometimes, sometimes athletes, you, you kind of feel a bit like their training is futile. You know, maybe they're training for the Olympics and then they get called off. Oh, poor, poor athletes. Can you imagine that? Maybe, maybe they're an AFL player and they train for years and years and years only to get cut off the list after four years as making up numbers in the reserves. The good news is, is that our training is not in vain. Our training is never in vain when it comes to spiritual growth. Because the thing is, God's glorified when we joyfully engage in this kind of training. People experience Jesus as they engage with us and they encounter Jesus simply because we've been with Jesus, he's rubbed off on us, and it's rubbing off on other people. And here's the thing, and this is something that ultimately speaks to one of the idols of our world. You know, if we think about our world, one of the things that everyone wants is to be satisfied in life. I want to be satisfied in life. I want to, if only I have a little bit more money, then I'll be truly satisfied. Or if only... I had a better job, then I would be satisfied. Or if my wife was more like that woman, maybe then I'd be more satisfied. And the thing that, the beautiful thing about growing in godliness is that it actually satisfies us with the deepest longings in the deepest places of our hearts. Even if we can't articulate it, there's something completely soul-satisfying about being close to Jesus Christ. When Jesus is our treasure and nothing else. we become increasingly satisfied because we're continuing in rich, rewarding relationship with our mighty God. And the things of earth aren't as much of a focus as our mighty God. And that changes everything. And I reckon that can only be a good thing. Amen? I just want to encourage us today, friends, whether you are a, a long-termer, you've been in the game for a while, you're, you're a veteran when it comes to Christianity, <laughs> you Never out, out to pasture. No such thing as retirement for Christians, is there? We're always on mission for God. But whether you're a long-termer or even you're here today or you're listening online and you're not yet Christian, you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus Christ yet, I just want to encourage you, join with God. Join with God in his training program. There is, there is nothing, there is nothing that will bring you greater satisfaction in this life than joining with God in that process. And... Not only does God's training program have benefits for the here and now, but God's training program has benefits for the one to come as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you make yourself known to us. You make yourself available to us. What an incredible, what an incredible gift that is to have the opportunity to connect with you any moment in any day that we so choose. 
We thank you, Jesus, that because of your son, I thank you, God, because of your son, there is not, nothing separating us from the Father. The, when you died on the cross, the curtain, the curtain was torn into. The curtain which kept, kept mankind from entering into your very presence was broken and split for good. We just thank you for that, God. We thank you that because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to draw near to you, Father. And so, God, I pray that we would draw near to you and enjoy you and join with you in that process of growing in godliness. Lord, that we would do our part in pedaling as you pedal with us, as, as you, Holy Spirit, have your way and shape us to be more like Jesus Christ. We pray, Jesus, that as this process continues in our lives, as we continue to become more like you, we pray, Lord, that you would continue getting glory and honour and praise. Lord, that we would get a great sense of joy as we're close with you and operating out of Holy Spirit's power and not our own reserves. And Lord, that your, your gospel would be spread as a result too, that people would see us, that they would see other Christians who are on the journey of growing in godliness and that they would not only see humans, but they would spiritually see you, Jesus, and that you would then beckon them to come and follow you just as you do to all mankind. So Lord, have your way in us, we pray. We want to grow. We want to be more like you. And Lord, we pray that this would be so as you do your work and we join with you in it. So we thank you for this time in your word, Jesus. And we pray that you would continue to be glorified each and every moment of the day as we cling close to you and enjoy and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.